morning, friends. This is Ashley Daily Encouragement. By the time you hear this episode, it will be December 12th, episode number 29. Oh my gosh, you guys, that is crazy. But I I really hope you guys have been getting some value out of this podcast. Um, the desire is that you guys would just be inspired and encouraged because the Lord has pulled me out of so many holes in my life. And I'm just sharing with you the process that he's walked me in, the, you know, the, the thoughts that I had, the new thoughts that I have now, the different, you know, the four areas that I've been walking myself through you guys. And I didn't have anybody sharing these things with me the way that I'm sharing it with you now. So I pray that this podcast is a form of God's grace in your life, you guys. And that's, like I said the other day, you can look at grace as sort of your, what would you say? your defensive mechanism. Okay. You are a bot. You are part of the body of Christ. God has a function for you. Now, the thing that sucks is we have to be able to come to terms with the knowledge of evil in our life and the impact that it's had on our life. Okay. We got to be real with ourselves today. We're talking about the real and the ideal, you guys, and how to get from the real to the ideal as we're making this way in maturity and as we're changing and growing and developing and basically the attitude of expectancy we need to have from the Lord in the process. But before I get into that, you guys, I just want to finish my thought about this. We're all in the body of Christ. Okay. We know this, right? We read it. You know how you know it, but you don't know it in your heart, right? It's just head knowledge, but it's not heart knowledge. It's not an experience for you yet. But you guys, I want you to get this in your heart and make this an experience so you can actually understand in a deeper way the point of all the crap that you've gone through in your life okay this the stuff that you've gone through the knowledge of evil the lack that we live in all these things because that's what happens when you live in a fallen world it's not supposed to define you as a person you're not supposed to look at your life and say oh well this is just how it is right god's grace is supposed to define you you know the 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 knowledge that you didn't have that you now have that's led to a better outcome in your life that is that is the grace of god any good that we're able to produce in this life you guys is only a result of god's grace he says he shines the sun on the wicked and the good there's no partiality with him you guys isn't it interesting how even people in the world that you would say oh well you know they have all this success or whatever did you guys there's mindsets out there that can actually help you if you humble yourself to understand that they have something that you don't have and you need what they have, right? Now, obviously we know that people that don't have Christ, ultimately, you know, you can try to think your way out of it, but you'll never be able to remove the guilt and the stain of your own shame. Why do you think people have identity crises, especially people out there who, you know, are sort of in the public eye and they struggle? You know what I'm saying? It's because, you know, if they don't have, if you don't have Christ, who's going to, who's going to lift that load off of your heart? right? Of, of all the knowledge of evil that only you have in your life at times, right? Not everybody knows our life and what's going on. They think they know by looking at certain things and there are certain indicators, right? The fruit of your life will come out, but God only knows the cause of those things that the bad fruit that comes out in your life. He's, he's the one that only has the knowledge of that. He knows what it was like for you growing up. He knows what you didn't get, right? He knows everything. That is the beauty of it, you guys. And so we don't have to be defined by our lack. We can you know, go through things in our life and we can now use it. God will give us his grace. And now we learn sort of how to defend ourselves from that very thing that destroyed us at one point. Does that make sense? You guys, you don't have to live in your destruction anymore. You just have to acknowledge that it's killing you and you need the solution that God has for you, right? God took everything upon himself to give you the the invitation 
to walk in fellowship with him again and to experience the goodness of God in that and for him to equip you. You know, I was thinking about this last night when Adam sinned in the garden, God didn't just, yeah, God kicked him out, but Adam still had a job to do. You guys, God still covered him, gave him an animal skin. Okay, bro. You were supposed to be naked in the garden doing your thing, you know, not having any thorns and thistles to contend with, but since you wanted to operate by another, another knowledge that wasn't of me, now you got to wear an animal skin because fig leaf ain't going to cut it now that you've got thorns and thistles to deal with. Right? So God gives us buffers, you know, to protect us from the, the outside circumstances like that. You know what I mean? You know, you, you had a mindset that led you into a bad outcome, but then God's grace comes in. He flips the script on it, gives you another perspective and you're able to walk in a completely different way. If you're willing to humble yourself and get out of hiding like Adam had to do you guys. So anyway, you know, this is, this is really important that we get this wrapped around our mind of, you know, this week we've been talking about maturity. Okay. And you know, I, I'm trying to remember, where did we start with on Monday? I'm like, oh, I'm drawing a blank, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I think I was talking about, um, you know, different different character traits and values that we have. And then who, and then we talked about bonding, who we bond to, ultimately who we attach ourselves to. We're going to become like that person. So you better be careful who you're attaching yourself to. And then we talked about boundaries. And I can't remember exactly the angle I came with that yesterday, you guys. You can help me out. But, um, you know, as I was thinking about these things this morning, I was like, you know, Lord, how do we tie in the real and the ideal with all these things? You know, we, we realize the truth of ourselves, right? We're trying to walk in maturity and, um, you know, all these different things. It's like, how do we walk this out in our life, you guys? And so this is what came to mind. I started reflecting in my own walk with the Lord again, you know, and you guys, I'm telling you, if you want to have some of these revelations I'm sharing with you guys, you got to go back to your own story. You've got to break up the unplowed ground in your life. You've got to seek the Lord. Every revelation that you've ever read in a book that someone's had that you're like, wow, I never thought about it like that before. They use the soil of their own life to, to grow that, right? God used that to bring about and birth a revelation in them that came from what they had been through. You've got to be willing to let God, you know, take you to those places, dig up the unplowed ground inside your own heart, those experiences, those things you've went through that. And isn't that what Jesus said, what the kingdom of heaven is like, is like a man who, you know, found treasure. And then when he sold everything he had and bought that field because of the treasure that was on it, you guys, your heart, the Holy spirit being in you, your heart is this field. Okay. Christ is in there. We can dig that up. And Christ has a way of turning our experiences and things we've been, been through, especially the crappy ones, into a form of treasure for ourselves that, we, you know, uh, bring about a good outcome. And we can give that to other people. But you've got to be willing to dig dig through your own life the areas that you recognize you're struggling right now. Look at your real life and say, wow, I'm, I'm not, this ain't working out for me. You've got to be willing to humble yourself before the Lord and say, God, you know what? I want a better outcome in my life. I want to be able to walk in faith. I want to be able to trust you. I want to be able to invest my skills and talents. I want to be that servant who, you know, received your wealth and, you know, used everything I had and gave it back to you. Right. I want to make sure I have a right view of you. You guys remember, I think I talked about that. Um, I think it was like last week or something, but just the whole idea of the servant who buried his treasure and hid it, that he didn't have a right view of his master. Why would you be afraid of somebody who gave you wealth? I mean, wh what can you say about somebody who's so generous to you? You know what I mean? Are you, are you really gonna, you know, someone gives you something good and you're gonna, you're gonna think badly of them in that way. Right. What, what, how was this other servant thinking about his master who gave him wealth 
to think that he was so afraid of him that I'm gonna go hide, right? And isn't that what Christians do sometimes? Right, their master gives them wealth found in Christ. He gives them everything they could possibly need to survive. But your view of him somehow is like, oh my gosh, if, you know, it, it brings about the feeling of fear. However you fear God, you're like, if you fear him in such a way that you're not even moving forward, you're just dismayed, you know, checking your knowledge of what you're living by. You guys, if you learn to do these things, you're going to un- unlock so much freedom inside yourself that you didn't even know was possible. Okay. And so I'm trying to just walk you guys through, you know, my life, what I've been through, the, you know, my story, whatever, the things that I'm, you know, learning in my life, giving that to you guys so you can do this work yourself. You know what I mean? You guys can listen to all these podcasts. You can read books. You can do this or that. But if you don't let God work in your own life, in the own areas of your life where you are feeling afraid and isolated and you need his grace and you're in hiding, they didn't know amount, no amount of reading you could do or anything, right? I mean, and if you want to starve yourself out on God's grace, you can go ahead and do that, you guys. But I'm telling you, I've found out that that is the thing that we need and that is what we give to each other. And that's what's going to make the church so effective is if we learn how God's grace has penetrated us in the context. So I massively digress as usual, you guys, but I'm just super passionate about this. So I was, I was meditating on my relationship and just kind of thinking about the beginning of my relationship with the Lord. And I always, you know, I remember coming to the Lord and, you know, reading in Matthew six, when he goes, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. I had to get real with myself and be like, wow, Ashley, you know what? You've always worried about that stuff. I told you guys the environment I grew up in as a child you know, it was alcoholic, abusive, all this kind of stuff. My mom was not very responsible with the resources my dad had given to her. And, you know, she had her own insecurities with that anyway. I think she was afraid to ask my dad for help. Anybody out there would be afraid to ask for what you need. Okay. So you can honestly like go in the self-destruction mode. My mom did that. And, you know, so anyway, it was always a struggle of worrying about money. Where are we going to get money for this? Where are we going to get money for that? What are we going to do here? What are you going to do there? And, I remember, you know, sitting on my couch, started reading the book of Matthew, came across Matthew 6 when he said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear, seek the kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. And I was like, what? Is that even possible, God? Like, I never even read that in the Bible, you guys. I've had a Bible since I was a little kid. I tried to read Genesis when I was like nine years old and I started reading through it and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't read this, God. Like, this is way too much. Like, I just, I was overwhelmed by the amount of content that was there. And I didn't have anybody coaching me through that and teaching me. I had none of that. You know, my mom gave me a Bible. She had Psalm 23 memorized, which I, you know, it's funny. I used to hear my mom say that and I thought to myself, how do you know Bible verses? You know, because I mean, I'm looking at my mom's life and I'm thinking, okay, you have this knowledge of God, you know, and, but what's it doing for us? Like our life is crappy, you know, like mom, you, you're stressed all the time and you guys are burdened and, you know, we're always going through all this chaos, but, and, but here you're telling me that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall lack nothing. And I'm just thinking, wow, I don't even know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? And come on, you guys, do we want to live like that as Christians? Do we want to have the knowledge of God, but not the experience of it? Right. I mean, no wonder the world laughs at us sometimes, you know, it's like, well, what do you know about God? What authority are you walking in? You're used, you know, and you guys, I'm going to, I'll share another revelation I had just a couple weeks, weekends ago, you guys. And it was realizing how there was things that I was praying for, for other people. And these were good prayers, right? Like God would restore them, reuse their life, would heal them. But I didn't even realize that I needed those things that I was praying for, for these people, you guys. 
right? I mean, come on, are you praying for other people, but you're not receiving the very thing that you're asking for God to do in someone else's life? Do you know how humbling that is when you got to humble yourself and ask God to heal you in a way that you may be healing, asking healing for someone else to humble yourself in that way? Oh man, you guys, but that's where it's at. How can you give life to somebody if you're not even let, letting the life giver penetrate you in that way, right? It's like having this knowledge of God, but it's not doing anything. It's like, think about the Pharisees. They have the knowledge of God, but they, you know, no one could connect with them, right? If you didn't do things their way, if you didn't think the way they did, they would kick your butt out the synagogue, right? You, you had no worth to them. You know, they were only, you were worthy to them. If you were doing what they told you to do, as soon as you had a different thought process or whatever, you know, they just judged you. And we, you guys, do we want to be like that with other people? Do we want to just have this knowledge of God, but no, no, not, not be relatable with people. People don't know, you know, your story. They don't know your shame. They don't know the, how God's grace redeemed you. Yeah. It's cool to know of God's grace, but to be able to have a vehicle to attach to it, your own life, your own crappy outcomes. And then how, you know, you asked for what you didn't have from God and how he completely transformed that situation. You guys, that's the kind of Christian I want to be, Right. There is no condemnation in Christ. I lived like that for a long time. I didn't share anything with anybody because Christians out there could be so critical. I was so afraid. Oh, if I don't say this right, they're going to judge me. Right. I was walking around like that in my own church for a long time, walking on eggshells, right? These people who are supposed to have the grace of God, which like I said, they didn't even recognize how much they needed the very things that they were asking God to give everybody else. We were, we were doing church in this broke, broke community. You guys, it was like the gutter of where we were living. No joke. And we're praying that God would restore these people and do all these things. And that sounds amazing. But the truth is we didn't even, we were not able to equip them because we didn't even have the things that we were seeking the Lord to give to them, right? God wants to work through our life. He wants us to be involved in each other's lives in this way, but we didn't even have, you know, the experiences to, to go about, to match what we were praying for, for these people, you know? And so anyway, you guys, <laughs> here I am storytelling again, but you guys, I'm just saying, I, I want you guys to get this. This is so vital. If you don't get this, then what, what are you living for? Like, why, why, what's the purpose of your life? Do you get what I mean? If you don't get real with yourself like this, you guys are going to stay stuck like I did. And I just don't want that to happen to you. So I was, I was reflecting on my life and going back and, re, and reading God's word and, and realizing these things. And I was like, wow. And recognizing my real self and where I was. Okay. Stuck in this hole of worrying about my life, but then saying, you know what, God, I want my reality to match yours. You say, that if I seek the kingdom first, everything will be given to me. So I want to make that exchange, Lord, life for life. I'll give you my life. You take care of my life, right? You take care of my needs. I'm tired of stressing, Lord, about the little things, the things of your everyday life, right? The food, the power money, the bill money, the rent money, whatever, right? Your daily things that try to grind on you. Lord, I don't want to be consumed with that. You guys, do you want to be consumed with that the rest of your life? Oh my gosh, come on. What about if you live like that as a child like I did? Do you really want to go like that into your whole adult life and never even show the world the grace of God because, you know, for some reason it's just elusive to you or something like you believe just like that servant did that you can just, you know, go bury go bury the wealth he gave to you and hide because your view of your master is keeping you from your master. The same master that gave you wealth is the same one that you're hiding from. Like, that's kind of weird. Why would you hide from somebody that blessed you? You know what I'm saying? Unless you have a wrong view of him or yourself. You know, you don't, maybe you're not in a needy position and realize that you need what he came to give you. Now you're a prideful servant, 
right? I mean, come on, you guys, we got to be real with ourselves like this. So let's go to Psalm 5, verse 3. You guys, he says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning. Okay. When do we have morning? Is it not every day? Every single day, you guys. Are you letting God hear your voice? I don't know. I just took a drink of my coffee. I'm giving you all a moment to think. Seriously, think about it for a second. Are you seeking the Lord like every day? Right? I mean, the Israelites had to go out every day and get the manna, right? They're asking God, oh, feed me, feed me, do this, Lord. Are you, are you, at, are you stepping out and asking him and seeking him? Right? Or are you just relying on his goodness in such a way that, oh, okay, Lord, well, you know, you give the, the, the sun, you let it shine on the, on the wicked and the good. So it doesn't matter. I'll just, you know, take whatever you're giving everybody else. It's like, what? Um, people who don't know God don't have the grace of God. <laughs> like, do you not realize you need that every single day? Think about that. It says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice, semicolon. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. So how does the, how does God hear his voice? He breaks it down for us. He tells us that he lays his request before God and he waits expectantly. So you've got your real life you're dealing with, right? You're real and you're ideal. You're trying to grow in maturity. You're trying to, you know, make progress in your life in different areas and all areas of your life. Okay. And the knowledge that you're living by in those areas is not serving you. Right. I mean, maybe you're burdened and stressed and fearful and I mean, all the things that weigh us down that we want to just go hide somewhere and just be done with life, okay? Maybe you're feeling that way. That's your real. But check this out. We can advance out of that, okay? We can lay those things out before God. He's not going to condemn you for the things he came to die for, okay? We got to understand that about him. I lived like that for a long time. Again, I was tiptoeing around my church, the people who were supposed to have the grace of God, right? But if I didn't say or do things the way that they wanted, there was this, there was this disengagement that happened. I didn't want people to disengage from me. I love my relationships. I love the people that are in my life. I love them so much. I will sometimes allow myself to endure abusive, uh, relational patterns from people for way longer than it's supposed to be happening. Right? Like I let sometimes things happen that shouldn't be happening. I allow my own injuries happen a lot at times to happen to myself because I so bad want to be connected with that person. You know, even at the expense, if they completely avoid me, if they're not making investments in me, I will sometimes let that crap drag on because I'm like, oh man, just, I just want to love you and I want you to love me. Well, you know what, you guys, there does come a time where you just have to be like, okay, wait a second. You know what? I, why am I hurting? Well, stop taking a knife and stabbing it in your own heart, Ashley. Hmm. How are you thinking about this relationship? What are you expecting from this person? Whatever, right? Tell myself the truth. So we got to tell ourselves the truth about these areas of our life where we're having crappy outcomes and say, Lord, help us expect that you're going to give us what we need to produce good in our life. And it's not, not what the Lord says. He says, you know, he will not withhold anything good from those whose walk is blameless. What does it mean to be blameless? Let's go really quick. I think it's Psalm 26. Hold on, you guys. I'm flipping through my Bible right quick. Bear with me. You guys always bear with me because it's already been 20 minutes. And if you're still listening to this, you're, you're amazing. So Psalm 26 goes, vindicate me, Lord, for I've lived a blameless life, semicolon. So he's telling us what a, sem- what a blameless life means. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. He ain't going back and forth with it. Okay. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I've always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Are you doing that today, church friends out there? 
family, whoever's listening to this podcast. Come on, you guys. Are you waking up in the morning, presenting your request to God, getting real with God about the things in your life that you know suck, that you're just like weighed down, tired of feeling that way? Are you asking him to give you the grace that you need? Lord, give me the knowledge I need. What do I need in my life to be recovered in this area? Are you expecting God to do that for you? If not, what, do you think God's going to show favoritism? You look at everybody else's life who's got things that you want and you all of a sudden, you know, think that you can't have it because you think that God shows favoritism? I mean, really, is that is that what's going down here? Do you really think God's going to show favoritism? Is it God showing favoritism or is it your lack of letting God change you on the inside? Right? I mean, come on. God's word is true. He says he doesn't show favoritism. There is no partiality with God. So it's not God's side of the equation that's messed up. It's ours, right? It's how we see him. It's how we see ourselves. It's how we see other people that that needs to get flipped, right? And we have to stop being so envious of other people that have things that you want. You can have those things if you allow God to show you how you're thinking that's not getting you to the things that you want. If you want a healthy marriage, then learn from people who have one, who... I can guarantee you, if they have a good marriage now, they probably at some point had a crappy marriage or they were struggling, but they asked for help. They humbled themselves. What about parenting? What about business? What about finances? What about health? What about your career? I mean, what about your education? Whatever it is, you feel like you're hitting your head against the wall. And if there are other people out there, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You know, isn't it funny how the Christian community can be so judgmental of other Christians who are successful, right? It's like, are you asking God maybe the same questions they asked? Like, seriously, you know, it's, it says that God, you know, he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. We claim that verse, but if we see other people out there that have that, all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're like hooked on the prosperity gospel and, you know, they're worldly and selfish. Is it really that or is it just you? You don't have it and you're envious and you and you covet what they have because you're not willing to ask God to give you the things that you need. You're not willing to subject your mind to his thought process. You're not humbling yourself. You're not submissive to him. What does submission mean? Acknowledgement of your heir. You guys got to be willing to do that. I got to be willing to do that or I'm not going to receive his grace. God gives grace to the humble, right? The humble people out there that recognize, you know what, God, I need what you have. I know I, I lack. I'm bo- I was born an infant. Like we all started there. Come on, you guys. You, you see babies out there. Are they born with all knowledge, right? Are they not dependent upon us? The people who are supposed to have it to give it to them, right? Is that not the same dynamic that was happening in the garden when God created Adam and Eve? They were, they were, you know, full grown adults and they're supposed to reproduce. Okay. That's, that's kind of what happens, but they didn't have it, the wisdom in their mind that they needed. They were supposed to still learn that from God. God was giving them tasks to complete. That's the same thing. in, in today, you know, we have children, we teach them what they need. We do our best. And then we get the product as they're grown. Right. And then sometimes we see where, oh crap, man, I should have gotten some wisdom on that. I should have, whatever. It's okay though. Okay, we, we can't deny the things that we need and we can't be envious of other people. We just have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be real with you. That I want better in my life. I want to experience the, the truth of the things that you say. And so what? how am I sabotaging my own life by how I'm thinking about stuff? That's your guys' responsibility to do. And you got Christ right there with you. He, he's rooting for you. He's praying for you. He's like, I want you to get the very thing I'm trying to tell you right now. All right. So are you... Are you relying on God's unfailing love? Do you know that, you know, that's part of what it means to be blameless? That semicolon there? It says that you're trusting him. You haven't faltered. You're not going back and forth, right? I mean, have you made up your mind you're going to trust him or not? If you, if you, if you know you're not trusting him, just confess it. Lord, give me the ability to trust you every single day, right? To be that servant that waits expectantly in the morning, right? That doesn't just hang out with you one day a week, right? For whatever reason, you get so distracted and weighed down. 
It's like, why would we cut ourselves off from the one who gives us what we need to survive? You guys, and I had lived apart from that my whole life as a child. I was like, I ain't going back. I don't want to live that way. That is such a burden. Lord, help us. Okay. You know, it says, for I've always been mindful of your unfailing love. So part of being blameless is trusting in the Lord, relying on his unfailing love, and living in reliance on his faithfulness. Are you doing that? Are you living in, are you living with the, are you being mindful of his unfailing love to you? If you don't even know what that means, well, you better get after it. You better start asking God what that means. How am I not believing you, Lord, that you love me as much as you say you do? What the heck do I believe about love, right? Why have I hardened my heart to you in that way? You guys, it's your job. No one can do this but you, right? God says we're supposed to rule and subdue our lives. You are supposed to take control of your own life. Put yourself underneath God's authority. Let him teach you what you need to know and run with it. But you only know what you're lacking when you think about it. I mean, do you do you guys seriously want everyone else to tell you where you're lacking? Is that not what keeps you down sometimes? Because everyone else has this better knowledge than you do of your own life. They have this perfect knowledge, right? So then you get discouraged. You start letting their judgments become, you know, your life instead of you saying, you know what, Lord, I want to reestablish myself. This is how I'm feeling. Be real. This is where I'm trying to go, Lord. This is, I want peace in my life. You say, Lord, the fruit of the spirit, you being in me results in the fruit of the spirit. I ain't got none of that today, right? Be real. So then God will show you, okay, Ashley, these are the thoughts that you've been entertaining that are stealing, killing, and destroying you. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to reconceptualize this thing? Do you want to look at it from a different perspective? Do you really want me to give you what you need? Or do you want to just continue to sit there and rot away as a person when I've given you everything for life? Boom, you guys, that's just the way it is. So, you guys, it's already been 25 minutes. I better get off here really, really quick. But you guys, I pray you find some value in this podcast today. You guys, this is my heart for people. We can be real. We can be real and we can walk into the ideals that God has for us, right? The peace, the, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the ways that He wants to work in our life. The world is a broken system, you guys. We got the knowledge of good and evil. Not everybody knows how to deal with the knowledge of evil. Why do you think we got the crap we got going on, Right? We have, an, we have a responsibility, you guys. We have to figure out the knowledge of good and how to keep good going and make it sustainable. And you have to have the knowledge of evil and how that impacts you and how that steals, kills, and destroys you. That's, that's both of y'all's responsibility all at once. We were not created to do that, unfortunately, right? We were created to just be in the garden, be doing these things. But check this out. God's grace gives you what you need to live in both of those worlds, Okay. You can have the knowledge of good now and know how to keep good results and sustain it, be consistent with good because God is only good all the time and he wants to download that on you. And then you you have to know the knowledge of evil. What's going to steal away the good that God has given to me? The things he's entrusted me with, my marriage, my children, my finances, my health, my everything that I that's on my property line, right? You got to have the knowledge of the good that you need to keep it going. And you better have the knowledge of what will come in to steal that away from you. If you want to just sit there and, you know, live all blind or whatever, that's, that's your bad luck, right? But don't go blaming nobody else when you look at your life and the locusts have come and destroyed all the good that you had because you weren't willing just to humble yourself and ask God for these very things. He is not partial. He will give it all to you. Stop envying other people that have the things that you want and just get real and get humble and ask God to give those things to you. He will do it. I promise you guys, I'm living proof of that. 
That is why I share these things with you. You guys, I'm not a product of my environment. I could have been, I could have went down that road, you know, the whole thing of, oh, well, you know, you've inherited this and that, and that's just genetics. And yes, it is. Why do you think that's how sin is passed down? But you guys, we don't have to live under that anymore. Jesus Christ has broken the power of sin. There's no condemnation. Yes, you inherit it. You inherit sinful patterns, thinking, da 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 Yes, this is true. You know it because you look at your life and you feel the results of sin, the lack of love in your life, the, de- the destruction. You've seen it all. Okay, cool. We have that established. Lord, how do we now utilize the grace you've come to give, love and all these things, all this goodness, get it inside of us so we can do the good that you've called us to do. We can take the wealth you've given us, the wealth in Christ, everything, right? His provision. His faithfulness, his love, everything. Get that inside of us and produce the good out in the world so the world can have the fruit of that. And we can teach them. That's the cool thing. You get to teach sinners the way of life. You, once being a sinner, once beating your head against the wall, you get to teach the good things that God has given to you. That is a blessing, you guys. You better freaking walk in it. So that's all I have for you guys today. I I, I hope you all enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, check me out on Fridays, you guys. Food for Thought Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Food for Thought Friday. Ashley Campbell. Uh, Daily Encouragement with Ashley Campbell. I try to do a live video. Sometimes it cuts out, you guys. My internet sucks. But I do my best to show up for you guys. And then Sunday's YouTube, Soul Food Sunday. Me and my husband go live on there. He just shares with you guys the things that he's sharing with us. And the things that the Lord is using to build us up as people. We want to share that with you guys. So we hope you find some value in that. You guys continue to subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. Um, The more you guys do that, the more it gets pushed down to the rest of the world. And my heart is to, you know, I want to see people restored. I want to see God restore people the way he's restored me. So this is just my opportunity to share that experience. This is is my way of investing into the kingdom of heaven. Investing into your guys' lives so you guys can, you know, begin to get this stuff and get what only God can give you. So I love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. And I will see you guys on Monday.